Bill Hoskins, Managing Director of Evolution Energy Minerals. We're developing the Chulala Graphite Project in Tanzania, which is a development-ready force plate graphite project. Um, working through the project financing process now, uh, following completion of our updated DFS and signing a framework agreement with the Tanzanian government, um, and recently announced a, a strategic collaboration with the globally leading Batriano company, PTR, out of China. Uh, with a view to them helping us with the financing and um, and a, an industry first downstream collaboration uh, with them to produce anode materials, which ultimately would see us become a vertically integrated producer as we've always liked to be, and hopefully at scale. Because I think that this is this is a big move for you guys. So let's let's talk about the strategic collaboration alliance with BTR first. Who are they? Why why is it important that you you're working with them? Yeah, so very clear global number one anode company. So they produce 26% of the world's anodes. When you're talking natural graphite, it's uh, 60% of global market share. So they're massive. Um, they sell to the who's who of battery manufacturers, uh, Tesla, Panasonic, uh, LG, SK, um, BYD, CATL uh, are all of their customers and um uh, so if you if you're selling fine flake graphite, then um, then you'll know who these guys are. And um, so the reason for wanting to deal with them is um, we we want to be vertically integrated. Um, our fine flake offtake was available, but rather than just selling fine flake offtake as concentrate, um, we wanted to use that offtake as strategic leverage to um, to become vertically integrated. And um, BTR's business, uh, huge 3.4 billion dollar company with substantial Chinese operations, but uh, they're looking to go global and uh, to continue the the huge market share they have in the US and Europe, um, they're not going to be able to supply that uh, from China anymore. And they need a partner uh, to take that to the US and uh, that's certainly the role we're hoping to play. Okay, so explain to me, what, why, why do you think it's important to be vertically integrated? What's that gonna do for you? Why not just be, uh, why not just, you know, supply, uh, you know, Course graph uh, graphite flake to the market. What, what, vertically integrated is going to do what for you? Uh, it's, it's additional margin capture. Um, which, if uh, obviously being a mining company, you might not have the technologies or know-how to to do these things by yourselves, and that's why um, partnering with a, a leader like BTR really helps. But uh, yeah, really uh, uh, value capture, and um, it's a, a means to become the successful graphite companies in the world uh, are all vertically integrated. They're not just mining companies. Uh, we certainly have to uh, to be one of those. Right. So tell, tell me, tell me what that negotiation, that discussion, what that agreement looks like. Because obviously, you're, you you know you've said you know three point four billion US uh, market cap company versus a you know thirty you know thirty thirty five million um, Aussie dollar company. You know, you feel the negotiation would have been slightly uneven there. So, you know, how how did you hold your own? Yeah, I think I think I met them back in 2018. Um, we have a Chinese advisor who uh, went to university with the chairman, um, so she knows him very well. Um, and um, and they've been looking for an international natural graphite partner for some time. There's been a, a lot of groundwork over many years going into establishing the quality of our project and product. Um, and I'd say it, it's probably been more so over the last 12 months, um, sharing of product uh, for testing um, the the introduction of the Inflation Reduction Act in the US, which, as I mentioned, that's 
clause BTR to understand if they want to maintain their market share, they're going to need to, to work with a partner. Um, and then even the realisation on our part that um, in the current equity market, even after fantastic milestones announced earlier this year, that it's an uphill battle to finance your project. And so we really wanted to turn our attention to the strategics. And um, we've had a direct line into the chairman in those negotiations. So I think the timing of all this has been been very good as they're, they're right in the, the process of looking to internationalize um, their business. And um, of course, um, we, we're at different ends of the valuation spectrum, um, but we have uh, what they want, which is a good quality feedstock into battery anode materials. Um, we really can offer, uh, we've been doing 18 months at work in the US in um, downstream site selection. Um, so we really, and we've got a team over there as well. So we can offer um, a means by which to legitimize operations in the US and, and bring that commercially proven technology into uh, a customer base that is uh, requiring uh, VTR to, to move into the US. So um, it's, it, it's uh, we, we often say, why us? Um, uh, uh, but I think there's a lot we can offer and, and having a project that makes economic sense um, at all prices uh, means we're, we're going to be able to supply them for a long time. Right. Okay. So that explains what it does for you. Um, and you, you said, you told us what you think it does for them, for BTR, but, but let, but let's, but let's, let's just talk, talk about the China factor here. You, you've said that BTR, you know, supplies people like Tesla, but, but presumably Tesla, China. So in terms of inserting themselves, a Chinese coming into what seems to be a quite a hostile environment in, in North America um, in, in the context of you know, critical mineral supply and security, et cetera. How does that relationship work? Do you give BTR validity um, or are things perhaps not quite as antagonistic as, as is reported? How, how does a Chinese company expect to work in country? Yeah, there's still um, a bit of structuring work to go into the downstream side here as to what part structure we land on. Um, and that could be anywhere from a joint venture to a technology licensing deal. But um, ultimately, it comes down to it's got to work for BTR, it's got to work for evolution, but it's got to work for the US government. And there's uh, guidance coming from the US government around um, to be able to qualify for some of these vehicle tax credits and things like that. Um, you can't be a foreign entity of concern. Um, and there's guidance on well, what constitutes a foreign entity of concern. If our US downstream entity uh, was 20% owned by BTR, uh, would that be a foreign entity of concern? Or do we need to wholly own that entity uh, but use a technology licensing deal to um, uh, to be able to, to bring that technology into the US? But the, the fundamental issue that the US... Um, government has is that they want to stand up the um, the battery supply chain and EV sort of ecosystem as quickly as possible. But everybody knows in the industry that China dominates the the technology landscape, and so it's uh, it's how do we bring how do we how does the US bring that into uh, into the country whilst also preserving um, at its own interests and ensuring that uh, you've got sustainable supply chains. Um, under all scenarios moving forward. And that's, we've done a lot of work with our team in the US around how we can do that and build a resilient supply chain. Yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been a funny, I know last time uh, you were talking about this question of timing in terms of timing for uh, graphite pricing. Uh, obviously, you did want to, um, you know, be vertically integrated. And it was a question of, you know, when. Do you, did you feel at all 
pressurized into making the decision to go with a Chinese um, entity because there's no money out there in the marketplace? Or was it a question of actually, given their track records, um, technically these guys solve a lot of problems uh, for us and, and help us with this vertically integrated desire that we have? Um, and it was a question of having evaluated the qualification process for whether it be funding or tax credits or the ability to actually insert yourself into the U.S. market, you felt you could overcome that. So what, what were those discussions like? So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, like I said, uh, four or five months ago was was the real push to start looking at the strategic side. Um, and the last um, uh, 18 months on the downstream, you know, that desire to be vertically integrated, we'd be pursuing a strategy um, with technology partners based in the U.S., um, and, uh, and obviously, a lot of those new technologies aren't yet commercially proven. Um, they're not yet um, yeah, expanded um, into commercial scale and um, working. So we wanted a number of things out of this transaction. We want um, upstream funding to help us build our mine in Tanzania. Uh, we want offtake um, on the fines for an interim period um, until we get our downstream going. And then if, if we could, we get... Um, uh, technological assistance or funding assistance for the downstream. And the Western parties we were talking to could meet the first two criteria, providing funding and happy to take product, uh, but they were still working their way through the technologies. And the assessment of our um, our CEO of our downstream subsidiary, who's got a lot of experience in, um, in commercializing these sorts of technologies, was that we could be looking at five years to... Uh, to, to commercialize these new technologies, whereas we can um, access proven technology, uh, we can get into that rapidly growing market uh, as quickly as possible, um, uh, which I think is is very important to be de-risked um, and to fast track into that, that market as quickly as possible. Uh, we don't want to be waiting till 2028 or 2030 to be um, uh, trialing and erroring with new technology. Of course, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, if I, if I look at some of the conversations that have been happening, again, slightly negative conversations in terms of funding coming out of North America, in terms of who they considered to be um, friends and who they considered not to be friends, um, some of the messaging was, we will not fund any company who's got any link of the chain which involves China, right? So what... Again, you must have thought this through deeply. So you've got um, obviously this 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 offtake um, Chinese partner. You've got the technology side to, with this Chinese partner. Do you, and do you therefore have access to money out of Asia, China, or money out of Asia um, now? And and you feel that that is going to be your roots market, or do you think that those were strong words? Um, badly spoken, and in fact, there will be North American funding available to you if you're going into the North American market. Yeah, I think on the downstream side, uh, so if we're talking about funding a potential downstream entity, um, the DOD, so Department of Defense and Department of Energy funding out of the US government would likely be discounted, or not discounted, but would likely be unavailable to a company like us. Um, and so I think we had to get comfortable. I think it's worth noting that the grant funding coming out of the DOE um, uh, is accessible income, and so the the funding that you get gets taxed, and, and so it's not um, maybe as great as it sounds. The um, uh, and and it also comes with um, with looks from the U.S. government as well. That's not to say 
who's going to say no to, to non-dilutive government funding on extremely favourable terms. But uh, I think when you're uh, seeking to partner with a company of the calibre of BTR, and and I'm still trying to wrap my head around, well, what is it like to be to be partnered with a global leader? Um, the amount of commercial funding and um, uh, and I guess opportunities that present um, uh, are significant. And so I, I think commercial funding, be it debt or equity, um, for that U.S. operation, or alternatively even um, evolution, eventually becoming listed in North America, um, I think could could really help uh, yeah, with the downstream funding. Upstream's a, a different side of the uh, different side of the coin. Absolutely, absolutely. But, but why why the emphasis on North America? You've got an asset in Tanzania, traditionally better understood by the European market. You've got a Chinese partner who the Europeans have not given up on because of the importance of, of the trading relationships there. Um, what so what what was the fascination with North America as a destination for your product or products? Yeah, look. It- and this doesn't have to be North America. I think we've between us and BTR have spoken about North America, but the uh, the agreement also says that sort of failing being able to come up with a, a commercial and sort of appropriately structured venture there, then we would um, uh, seek to move to Europe. Um, uh, we know that the BTR have plans in Europe and have already announced on the cathode side of their business um, seeking to invest $1.2 billion in a cathode plant in Morocco, um, around that sort of part of the world. Um, so there's, there's no question that, uh, there'll be other opportunities, but between us at the moment, we wanted to, to try to assess, uh, what we might be able to do in that North American market. Okay. So there's no commercial imperative on the, on behalf of B, uh, BCR to go North America. They are flexible. The commercial realities apply. You, you, you will go where, where the, where the, where the market is. Okay. And where the market allows. Um, let's before we get ahead of ourselves, <laughs> let's talk about Tanzania. Uh, how are things in country? Because obviously that's that's where the goods are. Yeah, absolutely. So we've been doing business there nine years with this project, and um, uh, obviously been there through some of the challenging times. And um, to uh, under the new president um, and her government, the last two years have been a real welcome change uh, to foreign investment and and mining um, and the. Uh, the tool they've used to um, provide that confidence is a framework agreement. So uh, I guess historically called my development agreements and, and these sorts of things, but um, gives us certainty of the fiscal terms uh, so that we have confidence to uh, uh, to invest substantial amounts of money in, in building a mine. And we signed that in April of this year. Um, and um, uh, that's very helpful to the, the project financing process that we're running at the moment. Right. Okay. And obviously, the market you get a nice reaction in the market to the to the announcement. You you popped up a bit, but it's still you're still kind of at, at levels which don't necessarily correlate with your NPV um, at all. I, I guess there is that still. Do you think there's still that kind of lingering question over the kind of the the capex, which was compared to two years ago, is you know would have sent higher. Um, have there been any changes there, up or down, which may may help? Or, or change people's um, sentiment towards what, what you should be valued at? No, like I think the the project economics um, uh, stand through. We only announced them in March, but um, uh, I'd say that all developers in graphite um, sit in a similar boat where they all traded substantial discounts to net present value. And our, our hope is this transaction with BTR, the injection of a 
another strategic investor alongside the Arch Sustainable Resources Fund, who has 25% of our register, so 9.9%. You've now got 35% of the register supportive all the way through to FID. Um, we, we hope that this could be transformational for the company and 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 signal that uh, that we will be the next graphite um, producer um, and and really elevate ourselves out of that pack and yeah start to get some some real yeah value reflection. I think in general though graphite has um, graphite valuations have suffered recently um, just due to the pricing environment uh, for graphite, particularly graphite fines. Uh, there's been a lot of new synthetic graphite coming into the market, uh, new supply over the last 12 months. Uh, which has brought synthetic prices down, uh, which is the competitive product for uh, natural spherical graphite. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's, it's brought pricing down. Cyber Resources, that um, uh, I guess the main stock everyone follows producing in Mozambique, um, have, um, uh, have yeah, struggled uh, through this year as well. And uh, So I think that's dragged everybody down a little bit, but um, certainly we want to step out of that shadow with it a global leader in BTR and, and be able to make money in all markets. So. Well, well, absolutely. So in term, terms of, obviously, you'll, I guess, let us know um, as you kind of advance discussions and understanding about what the economic terms are in terms of that offtake, depending on which products we're, we're talking about. But how how do you, um, how do you kind of, I guess, capture the attention of the market it's a kind of esoteric product it, it, it kind of like people talk about yeah ev thematic um batteries etc they go they go nickel copper lithium that's it everyone else is a kind of uh you know it, it not ignored but sort of definitely not understood very much so with i guess what would be helpful is trying to understand the kind of demand drivers in a bit more detail than just it's the EV thematic. So for a company like you with the products you think you're going to be able to produce as you get vertically integrated, where do you see the gains coming from, you know, that hit your bottom line that, you know, maybe help you re-rate? I think one of the challenges that investors um, uh, face is the opacity of the market, pricing, demand, um, applications, and these sorts of things. And so my feeling is that um, investors want to see product validation from um, from parties that they that heard of them before. Um, that's why people love, love hearing Tesla or love hearing uh, Ford or, or whatever it is. So it's validation. So I guess about our offtakes, and then I'll talk about the demand drivers, but to have validation from BTR um, should signal to investors that our graphite is suitable for lithium-ion batteries. Um, our coarse plate graphite, um, we've also signed with the global leader for what's called expandable graphite and graphite foil. Um, there's, there's a, that's probably the bit that's probably lesser understood, um, I would say. When, when people say, I like graphite, they say they like graphite because of batteries. But um, um, to have two global leaders in their fields of, of these value-added applications um, signing offtake with us provides validation uh, of the product and and then what drives all of those uh, markets, so the fines and, and batteries. I think the thing that everyone's looking for is um, we've seen lithium go and we've seen these other things go. Why hasn't graphite gone yet? And graphite had such a substantial market before batteries came along, compared to the lithiums and cobalts. Um, it had um, the refractory market, the steel industry. Um, so it's taken a lot longer for batteries to represent a significant proportion of this market. Um, it's also a market that, that China had 
uh, plentiful amounts of graphite as well. And so um, there's no doubt the demand driver on the fines is, is batteries. Um, and on the core side, um, it's, uh, it's a little bit more complex, but expandable and expanded graphite uh, used in fire retardants, uh, thermal management of electric vehicles, um, hydrogen fuel cells. Uh, there's a number of different applications there, but fast markets put the CAGR on expandables at 15% over this decade. So, so there's really exciting things on, on both sides of the course um, and five flake story. Okay. So, okay. So that's, it gives us a sense of some, some of the product lines, but as you say, it's opaque, um, it's a bit, bit hard to kind of wrap your head around at the moment in terms of the, the, the size of the price. Um, really so let's let's focus on what, what we 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 can control which is a, the process that you're going to go through for financing your, your debt equity mix obviously off offtake helps in all of that and especially with the kind of i guess triple a rating of, B, of B, btr involved as well so um can you give us an idea of the timing the who and, and, and the where yeah absolutely so uh we engaged a group called oramet as our debt advisor um we received uh, numerous expressions of interest for european and uh, South African and Tanzanian banks on the debt side um, earlier this year, following the framework agreement and DFS uh, update. Um, we appointed independent technical engineers, environment and social consultants to come to site in May. Um, those reports uh, for the financiers are, uh, are all dropping this quarter. Um, so by the end of the third quarter, uh, all of the banks will have, uh, have the big package of all of that due diligence information as well as um, being in the data room. Um, and then I think by the end of the year, uh, we should be in a position where we've got um, a syndicate of banks um, for, for the debt piece. Now we're talking about $120 million uh, capital cost, but with all the working capital uh, and everything else, we're talking about probably 150 million uh, US dollars. And uh, I'd say probably 50-50 uh, debt equity split is what we're looking at um, and talking to the banks about. Uh, which would then leave uh, uh, an equity check. So the, the benefit of having a strategic investor like BTR, who they don't care, if, I would say they don't care, if they're not in this to be a 9.9% shareholder of a listed company and, and play the, the stock market, they're a strategic investor who look to take strategic stakes in lines. And um, that provides optionality as to where that equity comes from. Um, can we uh, mention 35% of the register in Arch and BTR uh, being there to follow it. Um, we hope many more of our shareholders will continue to follow this through FID. Um, but uh, to have a potential project level equity sell down uh, from a BTR at, at valuations closer to NPV rather than being uh, tied down to, um, uh, uh, to your market capitalization. There's also a number of uh, milestones between um, uh, now and and FID, we hope to, to hit uh, to obviously get some uh, better share price appreciation and uh, be tackling this from uh, closer to a one-to-one -one ratio of uh, the equity we're raising to, uh, to, uh, to our market cap. Interesting. Like, like, and I'm sure you've got options with regards to funding at project level and, and, and PubCo, et cetera. But I'm intrigued when you talk about um, equity debt ratio 50-50. Most people come on the show and talk 60-40. It's a bare minimum. Um, what are what is the, um, I guess, what are the variables that the, the banks and the the funds and, and and the other investors that you're talking to look to was uh, you know le makes them lean towards a slightly more cautious approach on the the debt component. Is it the size of the company? Is it the Chinese yeah, connection? Was it what is so it? So the 
the cash the cash flows can support a higher level, um, I believe, but um, banks are conservative. There, there hasn't been a debt financing in Graphite yet. Um, it's it's worth pointing out, and that's um, that's because of the market opaque pricing, and you know banks are going to factor in um, risk with uh, be conservative around how much they'll lend. And so I think there's a number of fat reasons why the banks that are interested in our project, it's uh, high margin because of the flake size, um, it's low capex compared to peers. So uh, the overall quantum of, of debt we're seeking is, is much lower than a two, $300 million capex that, that many companies sit in that bracket. Um, amount of marketing work over the last nine years that me and my team have done, I've spent more than 300 days in China now and 35, 40 trips meeting all these different end users. So it's not just the off takers we've announced. It's, it's all the other people sitting behind those guys that have tested this material. I really think that marketing element is, is critical, critical to the banks. Um, having strong project sponsors like Arch and BTR and, and our project manager or exec director built Cyrus Malama projects. So we've got execution experience in this commodity, um, in Africa. So, um, there's a lot of those things, I think, are reasons why uh, the backs are interested in our deal. We're closing it out. I think the critical piece is, is going to be getting them comfortable in the price and the counterparts for the offtake. Right. And I guess at 30, 32% uh, IRR, both tax and a yeah, just over a three-year payback, you'll be looking to, well, post ramp up and actual cash flowing, you'd be looking to refinance that anyway, I suspect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess if we've got um, yeah reasonable backs coming in in the first instance, um, uh, yeah, I guess we can play that out. But um, you're absolutely right. Within uh, within a year or two, with an established cash flow, we'd be able to demonstrate um, uh, demonstrate the pricing that uh, uh, that is in our study. Then um, yeah, absolutely, you could uh, have a lot greater comfort in, um, and maybe that helps finance expansions as well. Right. Well, Phil, I appreciate the update. Exciting news. Well done on getting um, such a big uh, and, frankly, market-leading company on board. Um, stay in touch. Let us know how you get on, okay? No worries. Thanks, Matt.